0: Welcome to Coaches on a Mission, I'm Dallas Travers, and I am really glad you're here because this show is dedicated to giving you a clear path toward a coaching business you're truly proud of. Today's guest is someone you may already know because this is her third time on the podcast. Talita Lutterlow helps purpose-driven high achievers get stronger and eat better so they can do more and do it better. She's very graciously agreed to let us follow her business growth for a full year. So now here we are. Our year is up, and Talita and I wanted to share the biggest lessons that she learned over the last 12 months. And more importantly, the actions that she will take and the adjustments she'll make because of those lessons. So I want to just say straight out of the gate that if list building has been on your to do list at all, and it's something that you just never quite commit to, please pay close attention to this episode because Talita learned a valuable lesson about why on earth list building matters in her online coaching business, and it applies to you as well. You'll also hear lots of other nuggets throughout our conversation. So with that, here's Talita Letterlow. Welcome back, Talita. Yeah. You know what? to be back yeah but actually not welcome back because the show has a new name we're coaches on a mission now the six-figure coach club has been retired so this is your first time on coaches on a mission
1: so welcome to the show oh, yes how <laughs> oh, good oh that's exciting i yeah, like it i like yeah, the name. yeah so great. just
0: to fill our listeners in Talita and I are recording this episode at the end of 2021, even though it won't air until we are well into 2022, but at the beginning of this year, she and I thought it would be a fun experiment to track her year on the show, and we did pretty well until about May, and then the year got away from us. So here we are. It's been about six or seven months since you were last here, but I I know you've had a big year, a wild year, a year of a lot of things. And I wanted to just hear from you about the lessons that you learned over the past 12 months or so. So how does
1: that sound? That sounds great. So many, but yes, I'm going (laughs) to narrow in on a few. Yes. (laughs) Great.
0: Cool. Great. So before we dive into that conversation, can you remind our listeners who you help and how you serve
1: them? Yes, I am a high-performance coach who helps purpose-driven high achievers get stronger and eat better so they can do more of what they want and do it better. Yeah,
0: great. Okay, so looking back over the last year and a bit, what would you say, and we talked about this a little bit, and they're not necessarily in any particular order, but there are some core lessons that you've learned this year. What's the first one you want to share with us?
1: Listen up, everyone. It's not going to be a surprise, but list building, list building, list building. Well, let me back up and say all the lessons I've learned, whether it was my own discovery or specifically th- through Dallas, like you teaching me yeah. something, I always got it up here in my head. It made sense intellectually. Of course, Yes but the doing of it and it really, really sinking in doesn't happen until whenever it happens. And so list building being one of those big ones where I know it was important, but I guess I wasn't getting the effort that it actually takes, the consistent effort that it actually takes. It's not like, oh, I did it these couple of times. It's simply a consistent effort that is your job. I actually discovered that, List building is to coaches as auditions are to actors. Mm -hmm. That is 75% of our job as an actor. 75% of your job is auditioning. That is where your efforts go in. That is where you like fully, fully bring it so that you book, at least you book the room. Yeah. And then the things that come after and the more consistent you do that, that, brings the flow. Things start to happen. You build the momentum. It's the exact same thing with list building for coaches. That's where 75, 80% of your efforts, consistent efforts must go into building the community around you. So you have more people to express your message to, and more the probability of you enrolling people in what you want them to do will go up. Yeah. Okay. So what I
0: heard you say was list building. I'm just going to nutshell it because this is not what you said. Now I'm like putting my own words in your (laughs) mouth. So what I hear myself say all the damn time, (laughs) and you finally agree with me, (laughs) is as a coach, if you want to expand beyond a one-on-one practice, (laughs) list building becomes your number one priority at all times.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred
0: percent. Yes, at all times. And tell me how you relate to this. But I think that I can even fall off track with the list building priority because it's a little nebulous. It never stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so starting, like, if, I, if I'm if i going to be doing it until the day I die, <laughs> then I can wait and start until mm-hmm. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then months go by and it's time to launch and I'm launching to the same list of people who I launched to 90 days, 365 days ago. So we don't really learn the urgency around list building until in a lot of ways, it's too late.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And especially I I feel like this last, maybe the third quarter of the year Mm -hmm. is when it was definitely seeping in. And then the last quarter where My program, my signature program, it has done well as far as, what's that word? Attrition, like people coming back. Retention, retention. Mm -hmm. um, And loyal clients who love the program, who are getting results and come back and come back and come back. That's fantastic. However, and again, I love the fact that it is coming back for a whole year, for a full year but there were very little new people coming in, coming in. and yeah. that's when I was like the realization was coming feeling like, and I'm, and I'm guessing a lot of coaches have the same feeling where you, your attention goes to those people you're coaching, right? And yeah. that's where the work needs to be done. That's, that's where it should be done. And I know <laughs> we'll talk about this a little later, like being in your zone of genius and bliss building it's not where mm-hmm. you're, <laughs> you know, yeah. And so you're like, mm, but I need to do this because these people paid for my yeah. coaching. So I'd really need to focus on this. But if I want more people to coach, I know I have to do this list building stuff, Ugh. you know. Yeah. So that all of what you said, yeah, the nebulous feeling, the it's never going to end feeling, the yes, 100%.
0: And also, I think unless you're in the practice of list building, it sounds like it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And it is because it's ongoing, but it's actually relatively effortless. If you break it down into small steps, you're looking at less than an hour a week. Yes, exactly. Right? But the repetition
1: yes. is important. Exactly. Which is what yeah. a habit is.
0: Huh.
1: Hmm. from the high achiever coach herself. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Yes. This is this is a habit. It's yeah. not an event. Of course you can create events throughout mm-hmm. the year that make that a surge of new people to your list, but it is a consistent habit and habits. The point is for it to become automatic so that it doesn't feel like hard work.
0: Right. Yes. You know, and I just have to step on my soapbox for a second because <laughs> I, inside of the hive, you know this, I, I am easily misunderstood as being anti summit or anti five day challenge and very much against these big list building events. Mm-hmm. And for the record, it's not that I'm against those events, but those events come second. Mm-hmm. Once you've got your regular habits in place, then we can look at these let's just say a summit, right? You can look at a summit through a different lens, which is extra credit. Like, okay, cool. I've got my habits in place. I have new people coming onto my list every single week. Now I'd like to give that a shot of adrenaline. Let me do a summit where what a lot of people end up falling into is I'm going to ignore list building for an entire year. Now I'm going to try to make up for that with a big event, Yes. I'm going to bust my butt trying to pull this thing off. And it will inevitably not reach my expectations because you cannot make up for a year of list building with one event. Right. I'm not <clears throat> anti, but the habits come first. The habits come first. Yes. Absolutely. All right. So what are you doing to make list building a habit for <laughs> this year?
1: Well, they're <laughs> like, I'm closing down my business. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've made an executive decision. Um the plan now is absolutely to get over myself and actually reach out and ask for like cross promotions, partnerships, things like that. But specifically, not just again in my head, because I've said this earlier, like yeah. earlier in the year, oh, yeah, 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 I'll, a few people I can think of that I can cross promote. Sure, yes, of course. But as far as I plan every single week, like this goes in my, calendar as a habit, essentially yeah. so this habit to reach out to 10 new people, yeah. for potential partnerships, of course, with aligned audiences and, and all of that. But that is just like, we all probably have some regularity with which we sit down to check an email. Oh, every morning I do, this is going to become every Monday. I do this, reach out to 10 people every Monday, every Monday, every Monday. Every Monday. Whether that be specifically a podcast Mm -hmm. uh, or people, other coaches who have lead magnets that would be for my audience, lead magnet swaps, yeah. But yeah, 10 new reach. This is not out- a oh, no, we had this conversation. Is it
0: outreaches? What is the word? <laughs> Ten right. new points of contact. Points of contact, yes. okay. Great. All right. So the difference, what I'm hearing you say here, and this is for all of our listeners, rather than understanding intellectually that list building is a priority and agreeing with the list building ideas when you hear them, <laughs> what you've done is set a concrete goal that's related to the action, not the result.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Right. It's related to the action because we're building a habit here and it owns time
1: on your calendar. Yes, exactly. Okay. It owns awesome. yeah, exactly. And actually I like something about what you just said, clicked again, focused on the action, not the result, mm-hmm. which is what a habit is. So it made me think of brushing our teeth is a habit that we just do. There's no, we're not looking necessarily for an end result. Like if I brush my teeth twice a week, this is going to, I don't know, like give me the perfect teeth the next time I go to, go the, to the dentist. Right. Yeah. It just is. We just know that that is what is. So mm-hmm. that is, that is what this list building plan is Yeah. going to become my brushing of my teeth. <laughs>
0: I love that you just said that because I was sitting here thinking of the brushing teeth analogy. And I think it's more appropriate to call list building a flossing habit because I would never dream of not brushing my teeth before bed ever. I brush my teeth twice a day. I don't even think about it. I can't even understand a circumstance where I wouldn't. (laughs) Flossing? Yes, that's Every right. yes, that's time right. I have to like overcome that moment of resistance to flossing because it just feels inconvenient and yeah. I can get a little bit loose with it and it doesn't really matter. So list building is flossing your teeth. That's yeah. really the, a great analogy. Perfect analogy. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to floss. We're going <laughs> to floss. All right. So the first lesson that we've talked about is the importance of making list building A concrete habit that's trackable. Yes. What about, is there another lesson you want to share?
1: I think this came up mostly, not just launches, actually, throughout the year. And especially, it hit me most when we were on Hive calls, Uh hearing other people. But essentially, make it your own. Make it your own. Make it your own. That was another big lesson. Which how do I want to say? I've never had an issue of doing that in my life and things in my life, making something my own. But again, for some reason, this is new, owning a business. It's like, oh, I have to follow these things. And for some reason, the make it my own would start to get gray, would start to go out the window. Uh, yep. It was just, just this new thing. Oh, well, I have to follow the plan exactly, or not the plan, but what is Presented to me as what business is, what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And so, one example, of course, would be in launching with a webinar,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. or there's many ways to launch. So, that's not the one and only, but in following the steps to do that, I was thinking, well, wait, wait, wait. I move the body, I use science and strength training and mobility and fitness to have a fully 100% sit down. Webinar for sixty minutes to launch my movement program. Seemed, right, it seemed weird, but the actual format and the structure of the webinar, genius, like the the foolproof webinar formula, is fantastic. So I was thinking, well, how can I still follow this, but put in the things that I know my audience will need in order for them to understand the program. Uh-huh. <laughs> So totally how I had to make it that was an example of how I had to make it my own yeah and add movement in there and that just started coming up a lot throughout the year of it's not wrong just because you're not doing this business thing this exact way you are bringing yourself into the conversation into the formula and that you don't have a business or a unique business if you don't bring yourself to the table you are the business. I am the business. Therefore right. I have to bring myself into all the parts. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: And I want to talk about this because this is not uncommon. And I wonder how much the fact that we're coaches how much that can work against us in this area hmm. because as coaches we're always like on the lookout for resistance right like sure. oh i got to i got to work on myself and i got to work through my own resistance and sometimes i can confuse instinct and resistance so a couple of years ago i was in a program and i've talked about this on the show before but i was in this program and i was the C minus student in the group, I just was not measuring up and I'm not used to that. That was not very cool. And I just kept, I was solving the wrong problem. Like, God, what's wrong with me? I got to get over my resistance and get with the program here where in fact, my instincts were coming forward, inviting me to make this, like eat the fish, spit out the bones right? Mm-hmm. Make the system my own. Yeah. And I don't know why, Talita, but it took me almost a year, mm. probably 10 months into the program to realize, oh, wait, I'm. this is not resistance. This is my 20 years of experience in business and my own creative intelligence and my instincts coming forward. Yeah. But so why is it for those of us who have who would naturally make something our own in these Mm -hmm. other arenas of our lives. Why is it that we don't give ourselves permission to do that as easily when it comes to the way we learn in our business? Right, right, right. I 100% would agree with you. It's almost a rhetorical
1: question. Like, I don't expect you to have an answer to that question necessarily, but. Yes, but what you said, yes, because that was another piece to that. As far as Mm -hmm. making your own, is that I realized that I do have great instincts. But the word resistance, yeah, that is, I started feeling like not a troublemaker, but like, (laughs) am I being the troublemaker in class? Am I being because that way didn't feel exactly the way I want to do it? Or, yeah. But yes, I agree that it isn't resistance especially when, so going back to the web webinar example, especially Mm -hmm. when I did add in that movement movement piece and just shifted around some things and how much better it was, how much better I felt just doing it. So if if I feel good presenting something, then my audience, of course, is going to feel better. Yeah. I don't feel great. Then yeah, they won't know why they feel what they feel, but it isn't, (laughs) it won't be. Good. Good feeling. And so that yeah. is it. It wasn't resistance. Yes, it was mm-hmm. definitely. Oh, wait, but I, yeah, I knew, I knew this. I, I could have done this. it this way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew, knew this. this. It was in me already. Yeah. And I think that's also part of, and why I love learning anyway, learning something new really is bringing something out of you that is already in there. That's mm-hmm. really what, what mm-hmm. learning new things is all mm-hmm. about. It's helping you tap into something that's already there and just revealing it or expressing it better.
0: I see this happen with Hive members a lot. And, you know, and reminder, right? But one of my core values is agency, which again is so shocking to me that even I will forget my own agency sometimes, right? (laughs) Right, right? But I see this happen with Hive members a lot. It's like, oh, I tried strategy X and it didn't work. So one of two things happen, so that strategy is dead to me now. I'm never trying it again. And instead of, "All right, well, what do I want to change or how can I make this my own?" Or, "I suck. What's wrong with me? I like I am flawed in some way." It's not the so it's like this rock solid, concrete, no exceptions, black and white determination. Either the strategy is flawed or right, right. I am flawed, when right. in fact it's really just about Running anything we learn through our own internal filter. Yes. And yes. making it our own. Yeah. Yes.
1: yes. Definitely. Definitely. Duh.
0: Is it like duh? And, uh, right. <laughs> and living it is another thing. Living mm-hmm. it is another thing. And I think it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're coaches. And so we want to push ourselves and learn. Mm-hmm. We're invested. If we're learning something, we've put money and time and heart on the line. So the stakes just naturally feel a little bit mm-hmm. higher. Mm -hmm. And then it's easy to just assume that the person we're learning from knows more than we do, which is why we're learning from them. But then that's where it gets a little leaky.
1: It's like, if you know more than me, then I'm going to forget everything I know. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And that part that you said about the stakes start to feel naturally higher because it's almost like, yes, if I've invested time and money, it feels like. Well, I don't have time to play around. Yeah, right. And figure out what I feel might be best. No, the plan is here. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And therefore, it it should it should okay. happen the way it's supposed to. Happen. Right.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it does until yeah. we start ignoring our own instincts. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I needed to hear that one today for myself too. Mm. It's really good. Yes. All right. So, what about? A third lesson. Was there something else you want to share with us? Yes.
1: Hmm, Which one do I want to say next? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this one, it seems probably like another, duh. Do more of what's already working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Again, learning new things is great. Adding to your arsenal of strategies and solutions. Great. But... We've heard the saying before, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. <laughs> then that holds true here too. But I think where people may think that it's broke, even though it's not, is because they haven't reached what their goal is yet. Uh-huh. So whether it's a six-figure goal, so you know, or having a certain num- number of people in the program and you're not there yet, that must mean, okay, well, something needs fixing. Not necessarily, it's just leaning more into what has been working to get you up to a certain point. And then, yeah, you're adding on things that you're learning to help you grow further, but it's not about completely overhauling or changing. Some things have been working, so le- do more of that. Yes. So for me, that was more being more visible. Mm-hmm. I, earlier on in my business was naturally getting requests to guest coach inside of other people's communities, whether it's inside a Facebook group, inside someone's paid program. But it was not a strategy that I was using. Like, ooh, let me see if I can get inside of other people. People were asking me. But then again, fast forward, like, okay, now I'm inside of an actual business program. I have to implement these things. And so I started forgetting that that was working as an option, right? Yep. That was an option inside Mm -hmm. of my business. And then when I realized that, so how do I bring that back into the mix with an actual plan though? Not Mm -hmm. just because it's people were just randomly asking me, but how do I pull that back in, but have a plan around it?
0: (laughs) Yes. You know, I see this do more of what's working be so valuable when it comes for those coaches who are like past the six figure mark. And so Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, I've hit this milestone. This is really exciting. I have my signature program. Let me go make another signature program. Mm. When in fact, all of that creative energy, the, a stronger place to put it is into list building. Mm. <laughs> because more offerings doesn't necessarily mean that it's better, that it serves your audience. Sometimes it can really create confusion. Mm-hmm. I have a private client right now who has three really powerful programs and it's working for them. And the most common customer service question they get is, which program should I do? And their audience is concerned that they're doing things out of order because there are so many options, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so an, an easy assumption, if if you're on your path towards your goal and you're not there yet, is to add more new things. Yes. When in fact, what I hear you saying is like, go deeper first and make sure you've locked in and leaned into the things that already work and then decide what, if anything, you want to add that's new, but be discerning about that. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I love the fact I only really have three Mm -hmm. offerings now. Because I think in the beginning I had, and it wasn't because I had more offerings, not because... I hadn't reached a goal yet. Mm -hmm. It was just because I thought, well, I'm supposed to have something for everybody. Right. This one is for these kinds of people. This one is for these kinds of people. Yes. but Let's
0: distinguish that. That's really important because there's like a, I'm going to say offerings versus outcomes Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you actually deliver one outcome and you deliver that one outcome through three different offerings, right? Mainly based on... The level of access to you mm-hmm. and the price point; those are the two distinguishing factors. Yes. But the outcome is the same. Yes, and yes. so, which I think is really smart. So you've got like we talk about chocolate and vanilla inside the hive. You have like chocolate, <laughs> vanilla, and strawberry, right? Right.
1: <laughs> or I will, I will have strawberry will. In, in the new year uh, soon in a few yeah. in a few months.
0: But yeah, now it's chocolate. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so what some people fall into is ice cream pie. Tiramisu and coffee and beer, like just throwing it all in, and that's the thing that can create confusion for your audience,
1: yes, oh, that's yeah. uh, that's good that's good, but but that's true, yes, and I do now recall some conversations, mm-hmm. people being excited, and then when we got to saying like what options there were, then I could see this confusion set in, and then the excitement would kind of die down because they're like, wait. Wait, what outcome do I want? What, yeah, yeah. Do I want? right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I didn't understand that in that when it was happening. Yeah. But I hundred percent get that now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wait, this group program, which I had no idea that it would become my signature program, is going well. It's like, keep doing it. Put more effort. Go all in, as we say, with it. Yeah. And then, of course, there's private work. Options as well, but mm-hmm. this group option, I realize. Okay, this is it's going well. Go all in on this. Yeah, and if need be, you could curate something for a strategy session if the mm-hmm. private work or the group program is still not it for the person. Sure, we can yeah. put together something. But as far as what you are, I am presenting. An offering mm-hmm. to make it clear and like, that's, that's it. And it yeah. felt weird at first, but liberating, but it felt great. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: just going to be a broken record here because instead, <laughs> yes, you could curate a special program for someone or you could just let that client go find someone else and focus on list building. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. We should play a game. How many times does Dallas say list building in one episode? I think we're up to 40 already. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay, this um, is
1: so helpful. Yeah, go ahead. Well, one other thing I wanted to add as far as me being more visible mm, um, yeah. and out there and in front of people, there was, I won't go deep, deep into it right now, But there was a time where, and you can look, if if we looked on analytics on Instagram and see what posts do great, they are the ones that where I'm showing myself doing some kind of movement, some strength movement or mobility or some fitness movement, but everything that did well was a visual of me, whether it was a still photo or a video. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a a time where I had gotten away from doing that. Mm -hmm. A couple of reasons. One being my own athletic training had taken a hit or had paused for a little bit. And so it felt there was an emotional attachment there. Yeah, for you. Where I was just not, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't as much. But seeing that clear data Mm -hmm. (laughs) that okay, well, this is what people are responding to the most. They want to see me. Again, this is what's working. So that's where I should lean in more. I have to get back to being more visible through video in all the various ways you can be on video now on Instagram and the different formats. Lean into that. And so, yeah, that has paid off. I can see the difference now. More engagement and and all of that. Yeah. Okay, another example I wanted to share.
0: Yeah, that's so smart. So leaning into what's working when it comes to marketing, when it comes to your offerings, Hmm. really like using your own experience and the data around it as the framework for what you're building moving forward instead of always looking for the new flashy, shiny distraction. Yeah,
1: love it. Yeah.
0: Hey, I've got a question for you. What's your coaching superpower? If you haven't thought about it, I've got a free quiz that's pretty good at deciphering your magical mojo. Are you great at creating connections? Maybe you're a natural leader who people just trust. Or perhaps it's your strong sense of purpose that you really need to leverage. Let's find out where you are, where you want to be, and how to best get you there with the Coaching Superpower Quiz. It'll take you about 45 seconds to complete, and when you're done, you'll learn the precise steps you need to take, whether you're ready to scale your business, you want to build your list, or you just need to find some paying clients. Plus, you'll get your very own personalized toolkit that caters to your unique superpower because... Accentuating the positive is always a good idea. So if you're ready to clear away the fog, chart your course, and steer your business in the right direction with as much ease and grace as possible, go take the superpower quiz. You can find it now at sixfigurecoachquiz.com. All right, so we've talked about the importance of list building. We talked about Giving yourself permission to run everything you're learning through your own personal litmus test. Mm -hmm. Right. And leaning into what's already working. I know you had five lessons you wanted to share with us. So what's number four? This is (laughs) this This is so
1: good. My favorite one,
0: maybe? Yeah, this could be a whole episode.
1: So let's get into it here. (laughs) And this one actually really hit towards the last quarter of the year that. 80% of the people out there should not get it. And by that, get by (laughs) it, I mean, should not get my work, Mm -hmm. my stance, my approach. Mm -hmm. 80% of the people should not get it. And I know that sounds like, wait, what? So then, how are you going to grow a business? How are you going to coach people? How are you going to enroll people? Yeah. But it is, it's true. It's that was a huge, like huge light bulb when you are so clear about your opinions on certain topics of what you do, when you are clear on how you take people through a process to get them to a certain result. And when you are clear about what you are not about, what you are yep. about and what you're not about. <laughs> yeah And again, this is something that's also been a part of me all my life in school, doing like back in the day, doing the unpopular things that most girls weren't doing in elementary school. Like what girls had muscles in elementary, what girls were doing like hardcore sports, high intense competition, things like that, uh, especially black girls mm. where I grew up in North Carolina. So that's always been a thing. And sometimes being uncomfortable but never, never holding back on doing it though. Like internally there was stuff, especially, you know, as children, but, but I still did yeah. it. Yeah. Fast forward he- to here though, again, this business thing, mm. if the goal is to attract people to enroll people so that I have people to coach so that I can help people achieve results, then one would think, and and I know, especially in the hive, it's common for people to think, well, I want to help everyone. I want to make sure everyone gets it. But I learned, I have realized that especially those who, going back to those who continue to do my program and who have been working with me for so long, it's a small exclusive group. Yeah. And they are the ones that even if they don't fully get it, it's meant to have this feeling of an insider type of vibe. Yeah, totally. I'm getting that back. Appreciating
0: that. that. that I want to give our (laughs) listeners a little bit of context. So because you had a conversation with someone who like about the work that you do and they didn't really get it, right? And even offered feedback around how you could maybe soften your messaging or make it more accessible. Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think you had a moment where you thought, wait am I doing this wrong? Like, how do I receive this feedback yeah. I get? Yes. And when you and I spoke about it, what we uncovered was, oh, this feedback is so super valuable because because of who it's coming from. And this person just wasn't really your ideal audience. So it wasn't right. your dream client. <laughs> and because they didn't get it, it helped you see, oh, that's how clear and almost What's the word I'm looking for when something like creates separation? Divisive. Yeah, almost divisive. (laughs) And so from my, so when you say 80% of people shouldn't get it, I think for our listeners to take away, we want to make sure that your ideal client Gets it 110%, so much so that they feel like they are in on a secret with you. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. We (laughs) totally get it. And all of them do not get it. (laughs) (laughs) And so when you encounter people who aren't your target audience and they don't get it, relate to that as a good sign Mm -hmm. instead of as, oh, I got here's a mistake. And now I need to refine my messaging again. Because when you really take a strong stance, in the work that you do, you have to expect the majority of people to actually not connect with that stance. It's the point. Right. Right. Yeah. It can be a painful point.
1: Yes. Yes. Right. Because I was wondering, like you said, am I doing this right? There was a while where I was thinking, oh, I'm not being clear. I thought it again, I thought it was on me. Like I thought I was being clear, but clearly I'm not because (laughs) they're not getting it. But yeah, the opposite, as you said, I was being so clear that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that they
0: got it and they didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so that oh that's an interesting distinction too. Like there's a difference between understanding it, mm-hmm. right, and absorbing it, right? Or being drawn to it. So there was an understanding, but it was a repellent. Yes. That, yes which yes. was great. <laughs> right. Which was great. I, Yeah. I'm thinking about my adorable mother-in-law who's 81 and I've been married 14 and a half years, right? I've known her for almost 20 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we just got together and she said, in a sentence or two, could you remind me what it is that you do? (laughs) so cute because we both sort of knew like you're you're not gonna get it right <laughs> she didn't expect to but she would like a little bit of a little bit of a refresher but I could have taken that so personally or internalized it like oh am I what's what's wrong that people don't understand yes but she's not my target audience yes right exactly. and she actually shouldn't understand and her not understanding is potentially not always but Potentially a reflection of the clarity of purpose I do actually have.
1: Yes. That's a tricky one. That's a tricky tricky one, but it is tricky. And it is, I think, another piece of it that could be tricky for some people maybe listening. This is not the same thing necessarily as, well, because we said being divisive. Mm -hmm. It's not about not being inclusive. Yes. About (laughs) purposely excluding people in this VIP type of whatever. It's not, it isn't that at all. It's just simply, well, in in all fields, but I was going to say, especially in my field of work, in strength conditioning and high performance and fitness and all of that, there are so many ways to achieve a result. There's so many ways. And there are lots of different coaches that cover all of those ways. I'm okay with that. And so here's my way, and I'm 100% okay with it only being understood or received by some. Yeah. And there are the coaches for the other ones yeah. who don't, That that's, yeah. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you for making that distinction.
0: Yeah. It's really good. What I'm also hearing you say here is by going all in on a stance or a message that's meaningful and only clicks with a minority, right? Mm-hmm. Those people, they're hell yes people, Mm -hmm. You mentioned your retention earlier. Yes. Your clients are like, no question for sure, your clients in it for the long haul and
1: really benefiting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There I've noticed there isn't really an (laughs) (laughs) in-between. Oh yeah. That's good. Oh, I get it. Okay, cool. I guess guess
0: I'll I'll enroll. It's
1: it's either nope "Nope," or (gasps) yes. (gasps) Like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Okay. I'm curious to know what our listeners think about this part of our conversation. So let us know, everybody. Find us on the gram. Um, (laughs) So let's talk about this fifth one. I think this is also a a lesson that you learned more recently, right? Yes. Wait. Let me know if you need a reminder. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like I said, there are so many. Shoot. But there was were these top five? Oh, what was the fifth one? Oh, that's
0: okay. I'll set you up. <laughs> going to set this conversation up just perfectly. So I think in the online space, there's this mantra that gets repeated over and over again, like hire before you're ready. Oh, yes. You and I had, we had talked about how that <laughs> message is a little bit flawed and a more appropriate lesson would be hire before you're comfortable with the idea of hiring.
1: Yes. Yeah. So... <laughs> Right. That's it. Okay. That's it. That yeah.
0: is it. <laughs> Walk us through how that lesson has shown up for you
1: this year. Yeah. And you're right that it just recently happened. So that's yeah. why it was, flew out of my brain. <laughs> <sighs> and this is one that's definitely an example of understanding it intellectually mm-hmm. and knowing, of course, if I have help, it will make things easier, of course. But I was uncomfortable for a couple of reasons. One, I really didn't think financially that, like, if if I haven't reached my goal yet, my money goal yet, how am I hiring someone and taking some of that money now out to right. pay somebody else? So that was uncomfortable. And then the second one was really, again, because I am, yes, a high achiever, because I, the work is meaningful. Everything I do, I want to do it well. Mm -hmm. And so to be responsible for leading or guiding someone as their, and it it sounds weird to to say as their boss, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was really uncomfortable. Like, I want to be a person someone would want wants to work for, (laughs) wants to work with. So how am I going to do that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I also, again, because of all that high achieving stuff. I lost track or didn't realize that you don't have to hire full-time right away. (laughs) Like I was thinking it had to be all the things for, Mm -hmm. I have have, 401k 401K. and health insurance. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, Until constant reminders from you and a couple of other great friends who are also coaches reminded me, Talita, you can start off part-time and even part-time can really be not a lot of hours, like a few, a handful of hours. It's like, oh, okay. And then this someone recommended someone, and it just happened. It really, the flow of how this happened, it was just great. How organic this particular hire happened was great. And all of the things that I need help with in my business are all of the things that she's. Great it, and the things that she loves doing. (laughs) And I was like,
0: this couldn't be any better. (laughs) I want to speak to that for a second, because I think that everything you mentioned about why we often struggle to make a higher, I couldn't agree more. First of all, like there's this responsibility that you have. So can I live up to that responsibility? Can I afford it? Yes. Right. But then this other piece, I know for me has been a big struggle The things I want to delegate are the things I cannot stand doing in my business. (laughs) And I can't even imagine that there is a person on the planet who likes doing those things. (laughs) So Then it just starts to feel like a big chore or even Mm -hmm. like... A punishment for someone, right? Like, Ooh, am I right. really going to make someone do this crap that I don't want to do? But you're right. There are, imagine that there are people who love doing the things that we're not good at. And, yes. just
1: <laughs> Definitely. and that yeah. may actually makes me think of another kind of uh, an analogy or yeah. in the way in which we start to think for other people. I know I used to, I don't have this issue at all. That's it's long, long gone. So this is long, long ago. And, but I do know coaches have this as far as pricing. This will make sense in a second, but when you're pricing your services and you being afraid that someone will say no, because it's too expensive. Uh I learned my first manager when I worked in a gym taught me not to think with my pocket when I'm telling someone a potential client of how much something is. He taught that to me. It took a while for it to sink in, but but I finally got it, which is so true. So thinking with my own wallet when presenting it to somebody else, I don't know their wallet. I don't know. So who am I to think? So going back to this, how that has to do with this, it's like we were just saying, who could possibly enjoy doing these types of tasks? Who could possibly look forward to your thinking because you hate it. So you're using that energy thinking this is a punishment I'm writing out this job description and the, the responsibilities and you're like oh this is the world's <laughs> job." <laughs> yeah it's not someone's gonna see that and as in my case see it and be like oh, yes when can I start like oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah spreadsheets is one of those that she loves yeah. I mean I don't mind spreadsheets but the fact that she was excited when I said that, I was like, oh, great. I can't wait to show you the annual yes. forecast. Then. <laughs> so when we were talking about this lesson
0: before we started recording, we decided that we would call it like Hire Before You're Comfortable. Hmm. Yes. Can you talk about that piece, the comfiness factor? I don't even know if I've, I've had employees for 12 years or more, and I don't know if I'm like how comfortable I am with it. So Can you talk about that piece and how it's showing up
1: for you? Mm, Oh, yes. Well, I remember when I wrote you the news (laughs) and being excited that I may have found my first hire Mm -hmm. and then writing, which is so exciting. But just FYI, I am scared out of my mind. (laughs) So that now it's showing up in not (laughs) sending her the offer letter. Oh yeah. Right away. Like, yeah. On the, or when I say right away, like on the, in my mind, the day that I wanted to do it and I didn't do it on that day. Yeah. My God, you're still, (laughs) that's, so that's one way I can Mm -hmm. still clearly see, okay, you're still, you're scared. That's fine. Yep. And then also I don't have control issues, but when it's relinquishing your baby with someone else putting your baby into someone else's hands can be like nerve wracking and vulnerable um, vulnerable because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's oh if mm-hmm.
0: they see your google drive they're gonna know
1: yes yes how much you've been winging it right how much we've just... all been winging it yeah <laughs> that, yes that reminds me of the other thing i had said to you all of a sudden i feel disorganized ah uh, right because i'm for the most part, a pretty organized person. But we learned, this was another lesson earlier in the year, that my organizational practices that have gotten me to this point need to shift though, because they won't be the same for the practices I need or habits, organizational habits I need to take me to the next milestone. So now, even though I've gotten pretty organized with some things, all of a sudden, now making this higher, I feel disorganized. And like, I have to, what did we say? Um, I also finally understand when people who have housekeepers, mm-hmm. when they clean up before their housekeeper comes to do the job, I never understood that. That's what they're there for. Why are you cleaning? But now I suddenly understand that. I feel like I have to get more organized and fix this stuff before she starts. But yeah. that's, that's so part funny. of her job. <laughs> Yeah, totally.
0: I totally get it. So what I want to ask though, and I think this will be so helpful for our listeners. So you're not comfortable with this. It's not like you're fearless about it and you know, without a, beyond any doubt that you'll be able to afford this assistant. Like all of that, none of that has really been resolved. I want to hear about the motivation to hire, because that clearly must be bigger than all of this other, Mm. than all of the fear. So why are you making a hire if Mm. it feels so uncomfortable? (laughs) Right, right.
1: Why would you do that to yourself? Well, a couple of things. There was a a couple of weeks where I was really, really feeling some abundant momentum. Mm -hmm. And not just business, but just in various Aspects of my life, like every couple of days, something a win would happen. And I was like, "Oh!" And then a couple more days, "Oh, this is great." So this energy was building just around good stuff happening towards the end of the year, which is going to propel you into all the goals you're setting for the next year. So that was happening, and then also this strawberry offering <laughs> that we are yeah. adding and moving towards a membership offering. I felt that was bigger than I could handle by myself. Yeah. Even though sure, I could have for sure benefited from hiring earlier in the year. Like the Mm -hmm. things I do now could have been made Uh easier, but membership specifically, I thought, oof, okay. That's a, seems like a big to do again, to do it well. Yep. That seems like, no, I I don't want to drown in something like that. So absolutely. I need help. (laughs)
0: Got it. Yeah. It sounds like you were able to shift a little bit away from, I don't have the time to train or the money to pay this person. Like I can't air quotes here, afford this person right now To How am I going to afford this new offering? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So you were really clear that you wanted to add in this membership and saw, oh, I can't afford I cannot afford to do this membership because there aren't enough hours in the day or hooks in the kitchen. (laughs) Right. And that shifted the way you were looking at whether or not you could afford hiring help. Yeah.
1: That mixed with, I forget when I had heard you say it, but looking at that as an asset instead of an expense. Yeah. Yeah that's a huge energy shift to look at a different perspective like that. And it will be an asset. Massive. Ma- massive asset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. You've had quite a year.
1: Yes. Our first conversation yes. on the po- ever, but specifically our first podcast conversation. If you had said that these, these particular lessons would have been learned. No, that no, nope, I wouldn't have.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I really see that. Yeah. So let's imagine that it's a year from now. Mm -hmm. What's one lesson, right, that you look forward to telling us about, right? One lesson you look forward to learning in the coming year? I totally surprised you with this question. You're 100% on the
1: spot
0: here. Let's see how you do.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm looking forward to telling you that i learned by taking off <laughs> a week every quarter <laughs> yes that that is going to be better <laughs> that's going to also propel my business something oh my something to that effect meaning so
0: similar to the lesson i look forward to really taking <laughs> to something around the power of intentional time off
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Because when I say I don't work on the weekends or Sundays are my my day, really that means I don't have any appointments on the weekend. Yeah. But am I on the computer working on things in my business? A hundred percent. Or
0: even cooking lunch and thinking about work. <laughs>
1: right. Yes, yes, yes. I, yeah. Yeah. And that is something I do look forward to actually really shutting off that. Yeah. Why? Oh, because someone is here to help me now. (laughs) Yes. Oh, it's so good. Because I I can tell you for sure in the beginning, I'll still, and by beginning, I mean, probably the first, I don't know, first half, first six months that she'll be with me. I'm sure I'll still be not micromanaging her, but I'll just still be getting rid of those habits that I had by being on my computer all the time and Mm -hmm. you know like I said thinking about it all the time Mm -hmm. that'll take a minute to let go of so yeah I'm looking forward to actually being able to and then coming back and telling y'all that I did that intentionally yeah
0: (laughs) I love that yeah Thank you so much for coming back and for letting us have this inside look into your business and everything that you're learning. It's really, these conversations for me personally are so enlivening and I know that they're inspiring to our listeners. So I appreciate your honesty and openness and vulnerability coming on the show.
1: You're welcome. And I'm glad it was helpful too. (laughs) I enjoy the deep dive conversations and reflection conversations. So thank you for inviting me to do this. I've had fun overall. I've had fun <laughs> overall.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> so, for everybody listening, no matter when you're listening to this episode, just take a moment and answer this question for yourself. What lesson is it that I would love to share with my peers a year from today? Mm -hmm. and see how that intention pulls you forward. So I wanna thank everybody for tuning in and we will see you back here at Coaches on a Mission next week. Bye everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate and review, do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. And every week I turn our episode into a week long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So